Hello and welcome to Crafts with an Edge, the creative podcast that explores the edgier side of life. Hello, it's your host, Carolyn Edge, and today I have Marie Sonneman on as a guest. She is a coach who helps women feel confident in both their life and with their finances, and her journey on this path started when she became a police officer, and she lost a lot of confidence just by comparing herself to others, and she had a transformation when she paid off $106,000 in debt in just under two years, which helped her gain confidence back in other areas of her life as well. So now she helps women do the same thing with coaching programs for gaining confidence with both their finances and in their lives overall. She offers coaching programs, and she has a podcast, Ordinary to Badass. So whether you're looking to gain control over your finances or to step further into your own confidence, she has something for you. And Marie is a perfect fit for the Crafts with an Edge podcast because we talk about all things badass and confidence is a huge part of being a badass here. So without further ado, here is Marie. Hi, Marie. Hi, thanks so much for having me on the show. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here. Um, so Marie, as I mentioned, has her podcast, Ordinary to Badass, and she also has a couple of programs that you can take to step into your full badass power. Um, so Marie, why don't you go ahead and start off by telling us a little bit about your story. You mentioned how you were a police officer and that led to you losing your confidence. If you could just tell us a little bit about that starting out. Yeah. So I feel like I had always been a confident person, uh, never had too many struggles with confidence, but then I became a police officer and somehow felt like I lost it all. And that was crazy because other people would look at me and be like, oh, like you're a badass or that's so badass. And I felt like an imposter because I felt like anything but a badass. And I think it just came from like comparison, comparing myself to all of my coworkers and the people around me, I work with the majority of men. And so, you know how they say compare and despair. Mm -hmm. I just struggled so hardcore thinking like, okay, that's how they um, arrest this person. How am I supposed to do that the same way? Or how I don't have the same skills that they have. And that really led me to just like losing my confidence and not trusting in my own ability and what I could do. Um, kind of what comes to mind is several years ago, um, Ryan Lochte and Michael Phelps had, they were in the Olympics and Michael Phelps is sitting there swimming and going to the end goal. There's a picture of him with his head down, just going. And Ryan Lochte like looks over and has his head like looking at Phelps and, you know, he completely ended up getting sixth place. Ryan Lochte did because he was too busy looking at the person next to him in the mm. lane next to him, as opposed to focusing on the end goal. And I think the same was definitely true for me and law enforcement as I was too busy comparing myself to everybody else. Mm-hmm. I didn't keep my head down and do the things that were like unique to me or do things the way I could do them. Because certainly whether it's a guy that I'm working with or somebody else, like you're not going to relate to the, or do things the same way as everybody else. So kind of stay in your lane and do the things that work for you. Mm-hmm. So how have things shifted for you now? Cause I would imagine you wouldn't still be in right. law enforcement if it was still this way. Yeah, no, it's shifted for me. Honestly, the thing that was like the big, like switching point for me was paying off debt. I had paid off $106,000 in just under two years. And mm-hmm. I don't know why that was like the trigger point other than it just helped me 
realize like, oh, I can do hard things, you know, and just being consistent and persistent and being able to pay that off, like that amount of debt off felt amazing. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of gave me the confidence to start doing other things like running marathons. And I had Mm. lost a bunch of weight and I was just doing things that I wasn't even trying to do before because I didn't have the confidence to do them. Okay. So did paying off that debt then help you gain confidence in your law career as your law enforcement career as well? Yes. A hundred percent. Because I realized that you can struggle and you can still win, Mm -hmm. you know, and prior to that, I think any little failure that I had, I just took it as a, like an internal thing. Like something's wrong with me. Um, like I'm messed up. I can't do this. You know, I would just beat myself up Mm -hmm. all the time. Um, but then the paying off debt just really gave me confidence and really just helped me to see like, uh, I messed up. I don't know how many times with my budget or with like money things, but Uh I was still able to pay off that amount of debt. So it, I just stopped looking at failure the same way. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's really cool. And I I've seen that for myself and I, I know I'm not the only one to say this, how like overcoming something in one area of your life really helps you overcome it in other areas. Like you're talking about paying off debt and then you're running marathons and losing weight and all of that. And I've seen that to be true in in my own life as well. And like my partner, he runs marathons and then he talks about how he gets better at his business when he does that. And I think it like changes the brain that, and it shows you like what you're capable of, which carries over into other areas of your life. Yes. No, I totally agree. It's like, you just have to knock over one domino Mm -hmm. and it certainly doesn't have to be, we always want something that happens overnight. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be overnight. Like take your time, work towards something and just be consistent at doing it just, and be determined. Like I'm going to show up, I'm going to do this thing. Even if it takes, you know, two years, five years, whatever it is, if it's something you want to do, be determined and show up even after you make mistakes or like fumble, so to speak, Mm -hmm. like just get back in the game and try again. Yeah. So how did you pay off that amount of debt in only two years? So I had joined financial peace university. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't even think I had like somebody had recommended it to me through like a book or something. So it wasn't somebody I even knew, but I had followed Ruth Suk up and she had said, um, FPU had helped her pay off a ton of debt. So I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, let me do this. So then I did FPU, but it was a struggle. Like I felt Mm -hmm. all like the imposter syndrome kind of came in. I'm like, I'm not good at math. You know, I don't know how to do this, but I was committed to doing it. Sometimes like you're in pain, what you're going through sucks, but it has to suck so bad that you're willing to make a change. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so that's kind of what happened. Um, And then I started reading everything I could get my hands on, like about budgeting and wealth and just anything I could find out about money, I would be going to the library, getting, you know, different books, trying to soak it all in. And I think it wasn't that I was too stupid to understand it. It wasn't that I struggled with math. It was like the story that I was telling myself, Mm -hmm. you know, that was just completely blocking me getting any further, but just being like determined to finish finally after a couple months, like, Oh, it's starting to sink in. I can do this. You know, Mm -hmm. that's awesome. I've heard of financial peace university. I haven't haven't done it yet. (laughs) (laughs) It's been on my radar though. Um, But that's really great. So you've had this transformation for yourself and now you're helping other people uh, transform not only their financial success, but their own like inner badass work for themselves, right? Yeah. Yeah. I help women gain confidence in their life and with their money. Awesome. 
So Marie, as I mentioned, um, runs the Ordinary to Badass podcast. So tell us a little bit more. Let's talk about, let's dive into some of that like badass content (laughs) now. So tell us how you define badass, Marie. Okay. Yeah. So I don't think badass is what everybody else describes it as. People say like, oh, a badass is a hard ass, or they describe it as like, oh, somebody with like a leather jacket or a Mm -hmm. cigarette or on a motorcycle, like that's, that's a woman that's a badass. Well, you know, I don't buy into that at all. Of -hmm. course I was in law enforcement and, you know, had a firearm and other people deemed me to be a badass, but that wasn't it at all. Where Mm -hmm. your badassery comes from is your inner confidence. Um, And it's also a great part of your mindset, being willing to learn and grow and pivot and take on new challenges. I think just getting out of your comfort zone and trying new things, like all of that stuff is badass. Absolutely. And I've shared similar stories on here too, about how, you know, I talk about this edgy art and this living life on the edge and things like that. (laughs) And um, I almost find it like ironic because in some ways I, I don't, feel like people would look at me necessarily and like say she's a bad badass or she's so edgy or whatever but I, I think you're right I think it comes from within it's not really about your outward appearance things like that it's like your inner confidence and absolutely I love how you say that we you challenge the like if you're a badass you're a hard ass because I think there's some uh some harm that comes with the badass um stereotype too that it's like you could only be confident and be your badass self if you're harming others. And that's not true. And that doesn't have to be true. And you can absolutely uplift other people and be a badass doing that. So I I love hearing you talk about that challenging piece of it as well. Yes. And it's like, you don't have to be intimidating to be a badass, you know, (laughs) I don't, it has nothing to do with that. Absolutely. So you've broken it down to basically a five-step system for increasing your confidence and like being a badass. So I'd love if you could tell us a little bit more about that. Yes. Okay. Let's dive in. So first is cleaning out the cobwebs. If you want to have confidence, you have to clean out the cobwebs of your past. Like it's no good sitting there dwelling on the things that happened to you. I know that crappy things have happened to us all and we can sit there and dwell on them or we can move on and use those to like fuel your fire to help Mm -hmm. you be more of a badass. And so I think that whether it's meditation, including a meditation practice so that you can really just get in touch with, you know, the core of who you are or going, seeking a counselor or a therapist, but you really got to clean out the stuff in the past if you want to be able to move forward and be confident in the future. So that's the first step. Are you you going to go on to the second or? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Lay it out for us. All right. Cool. So the second step is doing hard things Mm. like. If you don't do hard things, you're never going to increase your confidence. And, you know, I had a friend who told me, well, I've just never done any hard things in my life. And you know what? Her Hmm. confidence is so stinking low, um, but she's never challenged herself to do anything hard. Mm -hmm. So I would challenge you, push your limits. You know, we have hard things that happen in our life that are out of our control and that we don't, we can't choose if they come or not. And then we also have things like running a marathon or going hiking. We have things that we can choose to challenge ourselves and overcome those hard things. And those can still teach us great lessons. So I would say do a hard thing and then create some momento from that hard thing. So Mm -hmm. an example is I hiked, um, it was called Chelan Butte in Washington state. And 
it was like a really hard hike and I had never really done hiking at that point. And when I got to the top, it felt so stinking epic. And I was like, proud of myself, like, oh, this is cool, you know, um, because it was really hard. Mm-hmm. And so then I took a rock from the top of that. Uh, I don't know that it's technically a mountain, but I took a rock and um, I kept that rock. And then, so from time to time, like I will look at it and then like, it brings back that same emotion or that same feeling that I had when I was at the top of the hike. Mm -hmm. Um, And then kind of reminds me like, oh, I can do hard things. And then even if it's hard in the beginning, like it'll feel pretty badass in the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you say too, about like, uh, you know, there are hard things that we can't choose to control. And often those are the things we don't really want to seek out, but just doing something fun or challenging, even if it's like a hike, um, like we were talking about that, that changes your, your brain chemistry. And I almost feel like, I feel like I want to quote someone here on that, but you know, I think it's rooted though, in in a number of research studies and, and things like that about how it really changes you, um, into recognizing that if you do a hard thing in one area of your life, you can do a hard thing in another area. Absolutely. I am such a believer of that. Mm -hmm. And so the third thing, and we kind of hit on this a little bit earlier, but it's to embrace failure. Mm. We often think that failure means something like it means something about you or um, what kind of person you are, but actually the key is to embrace failure and to pivot. Like if you fail or you make a mistake on something cool, what are you going to learn from it? And how Mm -hmm. can you pivot? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that if you're doing hard things, you're probably going to fail, right? Mm-hmm. There's some point in time where you're going to fail, but it's not about the failure. It's about how you respond to the failure and kind of where you move from there. So I think mm-hmm. it's really important to just find a different way to go about it or take the same part and then just tweak a tiny little section of it. And then, you know, that can lead you to success, but don't let failure drown you. Mm-hmm. Do you have any... um personal stories and perhaps putting you on the spot here. Do you have like an example of, uh, how you sort of approached failure in that way from a, a personal story? Um, I mean, okay, let's, let's talk about marathons. I know that we've mm-hmm. talked about it a little bit, but like the first two times I signed up for a marathon, I didn't run it mm-hmm. at all. Um, and I had never really run any type of race before that. Um, and so, it sucked. I felt embarrassed that I told people I'm running a marathon and then uh, I didn't do it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I could have just let that stop me because I wouldn't want to say that I was running a marathon for a third time and then not do it. But actually I just let that fuel me. I mm-hmm. was like, okay, I'm not going to let this happen again. You know, I, I let that be the thing that pushes me to do it more. Mm-hmm. And so I started visualizing myself completing that marathon. Like mm-hmm. every morning when I woke up, I would spend like five minutes imagining myself cross that finish line and what it would feel like to get that medal and that cold beer at the end and Mm -hmm. who would be there to like celebrate with me. And I did the marathon and it was amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, But nothing that I ever thought I would like could have done before. And so I think if I had just let those first two failures of not running the marathon stop Mm -hmm. me, then I never would have had that feeling at the end. Okay. Yeah. So it's like you, you kind of needed um, those failures kind of gave you that like extra momentum. And another thing I'm hearing you say is that like, it didn't work for you until you did the mindset work to shift yes. it. Yeah. Uh, Cause if you would have run those, the, the first marathon without the mindset work, I don't know, maybe you 
still wouldn't have finished it. And, you know, that would have turned out differently. Yes. And I think that's the first time I had ever really done mindset work. Mm -hmm. Um, I had heard it somewhere and I was like, okay, let's give this a try. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was a game changer because it was like, I believed that I was going to finish far before I ever crossed that finish line. Uh So even though the training was hard and I mean, once I hit mile 18, I was like, oh gosh, like how in the world am I ever going to do 26.2? Like mm-hmm. just in a training run. Um, but because of the mindset work, like I had already imagined myself finishing it and believed that mm-hmm. it could, that it was going to happen for me. Absolutely. Yeah. I've started doing some of that on my own. And like, even if it, if it sounds like too scary to think about for like a marathon or something, like start doing it in little ways. Like I recently did this when, um, I was meeting my boyfriend at a, um, a local park here and like our parks are like always crowded, but especially with COVID it's like, it is an area where you can get out and be away from people. And so they're always like the parking lot. It's just impossible to find a spot. I was driving there and I was like stressed out about finding a spot. And then I just decided to relax and I started envisioning myself finding the perfect spot. (laughs) And I pulled up and there was like a car pulling out like exactly where I was meeting my boyfriend. And I was like, I manifested this parking spot. (laughs) He's like, okay. (laughs) So um, I'm practicing it in the little things. And I've been doing a lot of that work too on manifesting all of the goals that I want. And it's really powerful work. So I love hearing your story on that too. Yeah. I think that it's a, that it's a game changer. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because it just helps you like actually visualize and see the end thing happening. And so then you just start to believe like, oh, it's a full gone or foregone conclusion that this thing is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I guess with that, you do have to take action. Like right. just imagining <laughs> it or visualizing it isn't going to change anything. You do have to put in the work and take action. Yeah. 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 Cool. So then so- what's the last step? Uh, I think I missed number four. Number four is limit your social media intake. And that's because oftentimes we look at social media, we see the, you know, the lives that people want to portray Mm -hmm. and start to compare ourselves to them. And it makes us feel like crap. (laughs) And so limit that. And even Mm -hmm. if you're not comparing yourself to people, it's like social media is a mind suck. It, you completely get sucked down the rabbit hole. Don't get me wrong. There's things I like about social media, Mm -hmm. but if you spend too much time on it, it, um, it limits what you're capable of doing and mm-hmm. you're, you just get sucked into it. So for the new year, I completely put my phone aside, logged out of all my apps. And like, it was amazing just how much better I felt just from, mm-hmm. you know, logging out and taking time away from social media. Mm-hmm. And then the fifth thing is don't believe every thought that you think mm-hmm. we often have these thoughts that come into our head, usually negative, And then we just believe that they must be true. Like mm-hmm. I thought it, it must be true. And then you don't question it at all. Hmm. So what I've done in the past is I say to myself, that's not true because, and then list the reason why it's not true. Um, So, but, so I would say that's like, when I called myself fat, that's not true because, and for me, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I've looked back at pictures in the past and been like, oh, I wish I was that size again, or I wish I looked Mm -hmm. like that again. Um, but the thing is, is I remember at that time when that photo was taken and I wasn't happy with myself, Mm -hmm. you know? So if I'm not happy with who I am now, I'm not going to be happy with myself 50 pounds lighter, 20 pounds Mm -hmm. lighter. Um, so it really, you know, starts with evaluating your thoughts now. Mm -hmm. And then, um, also when you're saying that's not true, find something that, that you can relate to, or that you believe is not true. Um, because you really do have to believe like, uh, that's not true. And then find everything that's 
to the opposite of what you believe. Um, but make it, make it real for you that it's believable for you. Mm-hmm. And then do you flip that thought to something that you want to believe is true? Um, I've done that before. Mm-hmm. I don't do that all the time, but I, I certainly see the benefit of it so that you're not always seeing like the, the negative side of it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Okay. So we've got a, our five-step system and, um, I would imagine you don't do any of this work on your own, right? You have people who support you. Um, and you've talked a little bit about your girl gang. So tell us a little bit more about that. The importance of having a girl gang. Oh my gosh. Okay. It's my favorite. And I think that for a long time, I thought, um, I get along with guys, like I'm a girl's guy, you Mm -hmm. know, and I had a bunch of guy friends and I kind of just thought that girls would be catty or gossipy. And that's not me. Like, I don't have any time for that (laughs) unless Mm -hmm. I'm watching the real housewives. (laughs) (laughs) So the importance of a girl gang is that they help you when you are down and out and they help you rise up. Like a lot of times we think that we're all alone or we're going through our struggles alone and, oh, it's just me. I'm the only one that thinks this. I'm the only one that feels this. I'm on an island of my own. But then when you start to get around other women, you realize I'm not the only person with the struggle. Like Mm -hmm. other people are struggling with the same thing that I am. Um, And they can also like help you to see your own greatness and help Mm -hmm. you to push past your limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's really important to have peers in our ring, um, but also like people who are kind of guides or mentors or coaches. Um, So who do you have in your life or what is the importance you can tell us about like having a a coach or a mentor or someone who's kind of already been through the path in addition to those peers? Oh my gosh. I, I don't know. I was, I was going to say life-changing, but I was like, I feel like I've said that a lot, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but having a coach, having somebody help you, it's so awesome because it can help you get to new levels. You know, oftentimes we get stuck in our own beliefs, our own thoughts, our same pattern of behaviors day in and day out. We do the same things. Um, So then having a coach can kind of help you guide, you know, oftentimes they've been through what you've been through Mm -hmm. or they've been through the hard times and come out of it. So then it's good to like talk to them and get their point of view. But then here's the other thing. It's like, they have belief in you that sometimes mm-hmm. you don't have for yourself. And it's so stinking powerful to have somebody be like, oh, why don't you do this? Or you could do this. Or I see this about you. Like when somebody believes something in you, especially if it's a friend or a coach or mm-hmm. somebody that's close to you, borrow their belief in you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's a game changer. And one thing that happened to me is like one of my mentors, Jeff Goins, I was in his mastermind he suggested start a podcast. Mm-hmm. I am an introvert, 100%, never would have started a podcast. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but just him putting that idea in my head or like giving me permission, I'm like, mm-hmm. sure, let's do this, you know? Yeah. So I, it's it's so helpful. Absolutely, yeah. I, I wouldn't be here making this podcast if it weren't for Kathy. She was the one <laughs> nice. who kind of lit this fire under me. So <laughs> yeah. Nice. It was one of those proof right there. (laughs) Yeah. Like going into it, I was like, I'm not doing a podcast, whatever she wants to suggest. Fine. Podcast. No, (laughs) here I am. (laughs) Yes, indeed. So it's just 
that's proof to the point, you know, follow other people's belief in you or have a coach or mentor. Yeah. Or, or, you know, follow what they've done, how they've found success for themselves. If they've found a transformation for you, usually their work as a coach is to kind of cut out some of the learning curve. Cause like most people's story is like, I spun my wheels for 10 years before I figured out how to do this thing. So I'm kind of like taking out the learning curve for you. Um, so yeah, following, follow the, the success that, the that, people have carved out the path that they've carved out for you. You know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Someone else has figured out anything you're trying to do. So yes, <laughs> mentors out there for sure. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And then, so because this podcast is crafts with an edge and we talk about all things creative here, whether it's art craft or finding creativity in your own way, I'd love to know more about how you find creativity in your own life and how that helps keep you connected to your confidence. So I find creativity, it's funny because I never considered myself a creative, like until probably the last couple of years, I would fight that part of myself and I'd be like, I can't draw. So I'm not creative, you know, Mm. Um, but there is so much value and creativity and just like owning that part of yourself. I feel like everybody has um, creativity in them. It's just Mm -hmm. about exploring that. Mm -hmm. And so I explore it whether it's through walks or hikes or like for me, it's usually getting outdoors kind of gets my mind flowing um, to try new things. But then when I'm trying something new creatively, it like gets the juices flowing, but then also I'm listening more to my intuition. And I think that Mm -hmm. anytime that you're listening more to your intuition, you're going to be way more confident. Absolutely. Yeah. The things that you talked about, like um, meditating and things like that, are those things too that help you find uh, that like inner compass? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's been a huge focus for me um, here in 2021, because I'm realizing just how important it is to kind of just hone into the inner voice and shut Mm -hmm. out stuff from the outside world. Absolutely. And I would totally challenge anyone who says that they're not creative. And I'm even looking at you and thinking about um, how you've, what you've created for yourself. You created this five-step process. You created budgets for yourself and you created a way out for yourself. And now you've also created courses to help women own their financial and um, their general badassery, right? So, and you've created a podcast. Oh my gosh, you've created (laughs) so many things. How could you say you're not a creative person (laughs) just because maybe you don't draw, right? I know, I know. I think it's kind of, I think it's a false thing that we often believe. Like we think Mm -hmm. that we're not creative because our creativity doesn't match the person next to us. Yeah. So how, what was kind of your path? So you said you used to kind of believe that, and now uh, you don't really believe that you're not a creative person. Was there, what was kind of your journey getting there? Um, well, so as a kid, I, I definitely liked writing. Like I did like young authors, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I liked writing. I loved music nobody else in my family was really into that. So it was always kind of shut down. And mm-hmm. I don't think it was anything like purposeful. It was just, I'm one of six kids. So none of the other kids were into like the artsy fartsy type stuff, you know? Uh-huh. And so it was something that was kind of like, oh, that's nerdy. That's whatever. So I just didn't do it. Um, and I thought that for a long time. And then when I started on my journey to become a financial coach and then with ordinary to badass, 
I just started like embracing some of those things about myself that I wouldn't have previously done or would always just like put a wall up and shut down. Mm -hmm. So I think it was just kind of through the journey of entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. and kind of embracing like writing and now I'll even color and draw even if it looks awful even if Uh it looks awful yeah (laughs) I'll just do it because it's fun it's like it's not I don't have to show it to the world (laughs) Mm -hmm. exactly I love it um well thank you so much Marie tell us where we can find you and connect with you yeah you can find me at ordinarytobadass.com and I would love it if you hit me up on Instagram sent me a dm and we could have a free free 15 minute um phone call and talk about either your finances or your confidence Awesome. And the the podcast is Ordinary to Badass as well. So be sure to go have a listen. I will drop all of that in the show notes. So thank you so much, Marie. Thank you. It's been so much fun. Thanks again to Marie for joining us. I really enjoyed our conversation and I hope you did too. Be sure to check out her podcast, Ordinary to Badass. I was actually a guest on there a few weeks ago and I will have links to her podcast along with all the other places that you can find her in the show notes. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you next week.